Life puts us on a path, sometimes narrow, sometimes winding, but always ours. We are the Raised by Sports Podcast, your daily dose of black sports entertainment, or your weekly dose, I should say. Uh, my name's Andre. We're back with the big three. Calvin, uh, go Miami yeah. Heat. Go Miami Heat. WWE yes, SmackDown, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Wanye and Hurt, Jalen yes, Hurts, we trust. And we got um, <laughs> an old friend of our show, uh, the king of NBA Twitter, the king of NBA memes, co-host of the Out of Pocket NBA Podcast through Wave TV. And most recently, uh, co-writer of Colin Kaepernick's new limited series on Netflix, Colin in Black and White, uh, Josiah Johnson. Uh, Josiah, we appreciate you coming through, kicking it with us, man. How's life been treating you? It's all good, man. I know y'all was uh, turned up before the show started, so I'm ready. I already knew I was walking into the day. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to hey, be here, though, man. I appreciate y'all. You know, hey, Josiah, you know how we kicking, man. It's a good time every time. Uh, but... Definitely wanted to just start off the show, man, saying first and foremost, congratulations on uh, being able to take part in a project of this magnitude. Um, I was excited. I was excited as hell when I saw Colin had a documentary because I'm a big Colin Kaepernick fan. And I was even more excited when I saw that you had a part in in writing it because I know you've done a lot of writing and just like branching out into so many different creative ventures over the years. Um, My first question for you was, what was it like taking part in a project of like this magnitude and the importance? Cause we know, you know, the story of Colin, well, we didn't know like his original story, but we know what Colin Kaepernick has been through in the last five years with the NFL, the social justice protests and things of that nature. But this docu-series or limited series rather took us through his upbringing and we kind of got to see a look into the mind of Colin Kaepernick. So what was it like working on this project, working with Colin, working with Ava DuVernay as well? I mean, anytime you get the opportunity to work with Ava, obviously it's, it's a dream come true. I'm a, I'm a fellow UCLA Bruin like Ava, so I've followed her career and just been a humongous fan and actually to be able to work with her every day and just see how she moves, how she operates. You understand why she's so successful. Obviously, Colin, Colin the same way. Uh, you know, I'm a Raiders fan, and Colin's the only person that'll ever have me rocking a <laughs> Niners jersey. So just out of respect for everything he was doing, I was a big fan even before the movement started. And actually, it's interesting, My the showrunner on the show, Michael Starberry, who was a creator of Legend of Chamberlain High School, told me about this project a few years ago, and he just knew how much I rock with Colin. So he was like, look, this thing goes, I'm going to bring you on. So just to have the opportunity to be able to be a part of something that's now historic. You know, we didn't really, when you're, when you're working on something, you behind the scenes on it, you don't really know how people are going to, you know, gravitate towards it, who's going to love it, who's going to hate it, all those type of things. Yeah. But all the people that we want to love it, loved it, and all the people that we wanted to hate it, hate it. And all the people that hated it were out there really doing more promo for us <laughs> than, you know, we could have ever imagined asked for. Because yeah. it's like, yo, you're not seeing somebody, I'm not going to name no names, so I don't give no free promo out to, <laughs> to losers. But I was just like, you know, when you see people and people are like, I'm going to watch this because he hates it. You know what I mean? I saw he hated it. That means I got to check it out. That means it must be good. Yeah. You know, if he's, if he's on here, if this person or that person is on here crying and complaining about it, that means it must be good. So just to see the way that people respond and react, and hopefully people understand now, you know, why Colin is who he is. And everybody kind of thought, oh, because of whatever excuses they had, you know, would led this kind of yeah. charge and really just understand always been inside of him he just never really knew how to express it until he became an adult and got older and was actually on his own and able to do it so just just super super excited to be a part of it and super happy with the response as well 
Yeah, I one thing that I one of the criticisms I saw from Colin back when he started protesting was, oh, this is just him. He's just trying to get like five more minutes of fame or whatever. But this series showed me that like, nah, that's always been him. In the first episode, he had a line that stuck with me that said when he was people were telling him to get rid of his cornrows and he was like, I knew it was wrong, but I didn't have the language to express it. So I feel like this was him stepping into that and really expressing that language. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 So. Thanks again for coming on, Josiah. Um, I'm not done with it. I've just got back from DC. I'm not done with it yet. I'm on the ep- I'm on episode four um, where he's oh, going God. back and forth with baseball. I think that's the one that you wrote, correct? Yes, it is. So I'm, I was about to say yeah. you got to at least get through four, but now you got to watch five <laughs> and six. But you know, take yeah. your time with him. We appreciate it. Directed by Robert right. Townsend, who is a living legend. So oh, definitely. I definitely I, I definitely am enjoying it. I will say I, it wasn't what I expected, which is a good thing. Um, it's it's comical and it has the comic relief, but it's not corny. And I and I really appreciated that because most of these type of shows can definitely be corny. This one is not. Um, but I just wanted to ask how involved was Colin in the writing and producing aspect of the entire series? Um, obviously, him being you know the star of the show, I want to know how much input did he give um, throughout the entire production. I kind of was heavily involved with, with every aspect of production. It's wild, man. Like, you know, the first or second week we started the writer's room was the week he found out about the Atlanta workout. So he was supposed to come in for a, a few days with us and really break down his whole story. Literally the first day he comes in, he finds out about that workout. We're all super amped and excited for him. It's like, yo, this is the moment, you know, he's going to finally get back in the league and show him. You know, he was even, you know, a little hesitant then because obviously when you're dealing with a, a bohemian like the NFL, there's always some janky shit going on. Come to find out they wanted him to sign a waiver that would have basically not allowed him to, to sue for collusion and things like that. So just even that, you kind of that 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 high and that emotion. Now he's he's off to Atlanta to go do it. And then, you know, a couple of days later, it's like, oh, some BS. But he still ends up doing his own workout. Looks amazing. Looks obviously deserving to be on an NFL roster. But, uh, you know, Colin was Colin was heavily involved in every aspect of production and creative. You know, there's times, you know, he, we would send stuff. And the thing about being a writer is you're trying to understand tone and the voice of the people that you're writing about. It's a lot different when you're writing about somebody who's actually a living, breathing human. Obviously, he's, he's in his early 30s. He's still yeah. here. So, you know, sending him scripts, I, I would say it like this. I wouldn't say it like that. This happened, that happened. But just the nuance, the context and everything like that, just getting to, to speak to him and ask him questions. Literally, the first question I asked him, he was sitting across from me. I'm just like, yo, do you even want to play in the NFL? I just needed to know because I'm like, I've seen all these people, you know, say these things. You don't want to play this, that, whatever. He just gave me this look like, don't you ever ask me no dumb shit like that ever again, <laughs> which I didn't apologize promptly. I said, I just needed to know, Colin. Everybody else, everybody else is telling me you don't want to do this, that, or whatever. I got you here right now. I need to know. And but he's just like, yo, like, you know, I'm working out five, six times a week still waiting for this dream to, to, to take fruition. So just 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 big shout out to Colin, big shout out uh, to Nessa and, and the rest of the crew, man. Just just to be able to have them a part of the project and Colin just daily input on on all aspects was, I think, phenomenal. And you see the product is so authentic. Like even Jake yeah. and Michael was a star of the show who portrayed Colin. It got to a point, episodes four, five, and six, as he got older, he started, I'm like, damn, am I looking at young, like, the just the tone and the cadence of Colin's voice and just the mannerisms and all that type of stuff was, like, truly phenomenal. So hopefully, you know, I, I say, worst case, we need that BET award, because that's all I really care about anyway, <laughs> a little NAACP and a BET. Nice. But hopefully we can get some of these Caucasian awards as well. Now that, you know, just <laughs> I think it will be worth it. For the show. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, hope, I think it is, too. So Yeah. Go ahead, Cal. All right. 
Yeah, so Josiah, it's always good seeing you, my guy. So I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, I'm I'm very much big into like a videography space of like uh, creating content and things, right? So the question I had for you was, in in regards to creating this show, did you have any hands on time of like messing around with the camera, behind the scenes stuff? Because I know for me, even if I was like a writer, I would want to be there while they were filming some of those sessions and stuff. And like, I I just wanted to see what you're like what in a was a day in the life of like you being on set um or or were you on set even as a writer so traditionally writers are on set they're they're very hands-on unfortunately due to the pandemic uh and just COVID and everything that was going on it was extremely tight set basically it was it was you know everybody who needed to be there was on set and we were working kind of remotely but to be on production calls uh i remember being on the call with ava and robert townsend and just seeing how they move and how they literally, I think people don't realize as a director, somebody like Ava, who's kind of just the top dog on everything, yeah. just how hands-on you have to be with every single facet of production from, you know, Colin was a, he loves Sour Patch Kids. So if you watch the episodes, you'll see <laughs> yeah. him, you know, I don't think you see the front of the bag. I don't know if they wanted to break bread, so I don't know if I can say that, but <laughs> you see the you see the Sour Patch bag in numerous shots, but just the neat nuance and details and things like that. He was a big Allen Iverson fan. That was the inspiration yeah, for him getting the definitely. praise. So the AI posters and the AIs and all that stuff is literally coming direct from Colin, the LimeWire, even with the, you know, the baby boy joke, shout out to Starberry, who this is all real stuff from Colin. Like his parents were strict. They didn't let yeah. him get that off. But y'all remember yeah. back in those days, like, yeah. you know, you had to hide it, whatever. You yeah. had to be MacGyver with <laughs> hiding in the placement. So your parents didn't find out. But, you know, I wish I could have been been there for more stuff, but was definitely getting the day-to-day updates and all that good stuff and looking at some of the stuff that, that was shot as it was being shot. But I had a, obviously the ultimate faith and trust in Ava to get the job done. And even, yeah. you know, the segments like my episode, we talk about Ramir Bearden, who is a, you know, artist that my dad used to have some of his paintings at the crib. And I used to mm-hmm. always just be fascinated by him. So to be able to dig deep into a story and learn that he was a, you know, semi-pro baseball player that had an opportunity to go play with the Philadelphia A's and break the color barrier. But, you know, they wanted yeah. him to pass his white. Yeah. Just, just phenomenal stuff to be, you know, stories that we want to tell just to highlight kind of Colin's experience and hopefully people can find stuff that's relatable yeah. to them and, and all these stories that we told. I thought, I thought the DJ Cool Hurt was a dope story that y'all wove in together as well. Like, I thought that was super yeah. dope. I like I liked, like the social commentary and the black history that he wove in as well. I felt like we'd go from the story to like a black history museum exhibit. Like, I thought that was yeah. mad dope. You know, one thing that I really loved and this how I watched this in the first episode and it's just because I'm a big fan. When they put the Luda reference in there with the area yeah. clothes in the video, I love yeah. that. I said, okay, I see. I see where they go with this. So yeah, I really yeah. appreciate the fact that they're really leaning on the black culture piece of that because, um, you know, from his background, there, I, I could just imagine how his life was growing up. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and I think this is a very good depiction of like jo- I, struggles he had. So yeah, Josiah. So you wrote episode. You wrote episode four. You wrote episode six. Yeah. Episode six was the decision. I got. So story story by in episode six, Starberry wrote the episode, but we basically, okay. so how story buys essentially work is we basically develop and formulate the story together mm-hmm. along with the rest of our amazingly talented writers room, put the outline together. So I helped out with the outline structure and that what the scenes would look like, but Starberry is basically like the LeBron okay. writing. So he wrote the, <laughs> he wrote the first episode, which was the pilot. I remember mm-hmm. he showed me that episode and I'm just like, you know, cause, cause Starberry, he wrote Legends of Chamberlain Heights. He also worked with Avon when they see us, they got nominated for an uh, enemy together for the, the work on that. So he has an, an amazing ability to write comedy drama, 
but to your guys' point, just enough where it don't feel corny, forced, or, mm-hmm. or fake, but just, you know, even the braids, and obviously we've gotten braids before, especially tender-headed people like myself. I'm watching that stuff just like, yep, this is, you know, this, this is, is that life. You want to look good, but my joint's turning all red, and oh, I can't sleep right <laughs> now. So, so just watching that stuff and seeing, seeing the way he writes is just amazing. What was it like working on the story for episode six? Because that was like the pivotal, like, full circle moment episode where he gets, you know, the, uh, you know, the finally get that D1 offer after all of those denials and whatnot. What was it like working on that? Not only full circle moment for him, but full circle moment for your project. Uh, Tremendous. I mean, like I said, we had so much input from our amazingly talented writing staff, from Colin, from Ava, everyone else who was a part of the project, but to have him, and that's what a lot of people don't realize. And even talking to Colin, Colin got his football scholarship based off a basketball game. You know, the Nevada coaches had been interested Mm -hmm. in him, but uh, hadn't made an offer. And they, uh, one of the coaches went and checked out his basketball game was like, look, if it don't work out at QB, you know, he could be a great safety at DB. So all that DB. stuff is, is authentic and genuine. But for myself too, I didn't get my scholarship uh, to UCLA till late, late in the game. I was a late bloomer. So just understanding that pain, you know, that, that shower scene where, you know, he's crying and just frustrated. Mm-hmm. Colin literally sent tape to, he, I want to say about a hundred different schools, yeah. just, just desperately trying to get an opportunity to play QB. And, and, and as you guys know, in, in life, we experience rejection sometimes and it's hard and it makes you want to just throw in a towel and, and give up and really, you know, having to pursue other options, going to a JUCO and things like that. Not the worst stuff in the world. And a lot of people have succeeded from that, but that's a hard, you know, you watch like last chance you and shows like that. That's a hard situation to make because dudes on that level are hungry and there's just, you know, limited opportunities. It's basically an extension of high school, but for him to get that scholarship and get that opportunity. And I think one of the, the big things we tried to harp on was that he's never really been anybody's first choice. So yeah. you talk about a kid who was, who was born in, in Wisconsin, adopted uh, by the Kaepernick family, and they, they brought him in and moved to Turlock, California. You think about California, you usually think about L.A., you think about the Bay, you think about places that are super blue, super, you know, obviously Democratic. Yeah. That's not what Turlock is. Turlock is definitely one of those conservative areas. So for Colin to even grow up in that space, you know, he's quote unquote one of the good ones. He's a three sports star. So yeah, yeah, he's going to get some level of love and affection because he's, he's phenomenal. He's, he's great at entertaining people, you know what yeah. I mean? With his, with his athletic attributes. But at the end of the day, he's still experiencing all types of form of racism, microaggression, things like that. So had to hit on all of that stuff in the show. And like I said, Ava and the whole crew, Starberry, Colin did an amazing job with just the nuance. And when you watch these things, it's just stuff that's so relatable. Like, you know, just the, even the scenes and, and with him getting his cornrows and his mm-hmm. mom asking black coworkers, you know, for, style and Colin, you know, just this food seasoning, all the little kind of stuff, yeah. the subtle stuff that, that was the in there. Seasoning joint. Yeah. She, she was like, it's already seasoned. She was like, it's already seasoned. He said, nah, Yo, let me, let me the get that thing that, that was That was my favorite scene so far. Because it was just, it was so real. And he was like, nah, this don't need none. It's perfect. <laughs> it was real when she went to like the, the hairdresser, the like the black barbershop and, you know, that was real. Like, and I'm sitting on my couch. Like, I know, like Josiah, like you said, that audience that's watching it, they're gonna be like, Whoa, this is overkill. And I'm like, nah, this is real. That's real experience, man. We've all yeah, worked yeah. in majority, predominantly white spaces or lived in majority white spaces at one point or another. And that's real. Like it can feel yeah, overbearing. Sure. Like that's the experience. Uh, but Josiah, we uh we could not have an interview with you um on our on our podcast without getting your opinion on the NBA season, man, that just started. That's what we're uh, here for. <laughs> that just started uh, a little over a month ago, man. Um, I know that you are a Lakers fan. Um, you're a California guy. Uh, what 
what are your thoughts so far on the Lakers season, man? We're sit, sitting at six and five. LeBron's out right now. Uh, Carmelo just had 29. Anthony Davis can't stay on the floor. He wants to power. He wants to body slam Dwight Howard. What 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 is going through your mind? It's it's a roller coaster. We're, we're dropping two games to the the OKC Thunder. Like what's going on, man? Like what what are your thoughts every week? Look, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, as long as they finish in the top ten in the West, that's the only thing that you yeah. know Lakers fans, LeBron fans are concerned about. This is a new squad. You know, initially when they got this team together, they were too old and they were washed and whatever. You know, now, you know, a month or two from now, once they get this thing right, oh, they're going to be a super team. So I'm a big Westbrook guy. Westbrook, you know, taking a little while. His starts are generally rough. You know, if you look look across his career, but come February, March, April, when he gets it ready to go, he's out here getting it. Uh, I think for him to shift from a role where, you know, he's putting up triple doubles and he's the number one guy on a lot of squads that aren't necessarily the best in the league, you know, to now to go to a team like that. It is a little concerning that you got to rely on these, you know, Herculean mellow games. And, and shout out to Mello for, you know, we was all getting our jokes off a couple of years ago. I'm not going to act like, you know, I wasn't. I'm, I'm a reactionary guy. I'm in NBA Twitter, so I got to react to whatever's going on. And there was a point where Mello's basically getting bought out and basically just cast aside like he don't got it no more. Yeah. So to see him now getting a second life, really kind of embracing his role in the second unit and, and just doing amazing things on that side. And for LeBron, he just got to get healthy, I think. Year 19, and you look at a player like Kobe Brent, Kobe had an amazing career, but towards the back end of his career, the injury started popping up and just, you know, takes a lot longer to heal and things like that. So not to say that LeBron is there yet. What he's done in year 19 is, is, is incredible. But as a LeBron fan, you just start to think like, yo, how much longer can this dude do this? You know, even Vince, yeah. Vince in the year 21, 22, you know, he wasn't the Vince of old. He was just kind of like courtesy Vince. He would just get in the game and get that standing <laughs> up towards the end of the game. He's really yeah. hanging out, getting a check, not really, you know, looking you down Aslam, he just he just hey, hey, chill on my boy, chill on my boy. I love, hey, I, love hey, I love I love you, Donald, but I'm just saying, you know, he's at that point now where he he's on the bench trying to rally up the other dudes. Like, I ain't gonna really give you a, a you know, you know performance anymore. On the second stand in Minnesota, man, like it happens, man. Father Tom is undefeated. Yeah. That's, that's when you LeBron. become a player coach. Yeah. You know, but still there, but still there to motivate, get guys, you know, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's basically, you know, if they wanted to get rid of UD, like they would have done, you know, like, but they realize yeah. the value he has of that squad, getting these young dudes ready, the impact he has on guys like Bam in situations like we seen last night, if it might be time <laughs> to throw hands, like, you know, he's going to really, he's going to really, yeah. I like to see him take on a, a Jokic brother. I like to see, I like to see that. I'll pay, you know, I'll pay $49, $59.99 to see that, but. <laughs> I think the Lakers, they're going to get the ship right. But it is concerning when you got 20-point leads to the Thunder and you're getting just straight bucketed and, and, and even playing the Hornets the, uh, the other night with, with LaMelo and that crew just blowing leads and, and, you know, having to go to overtime on the squad. It, it's definitely frustrating when you can't close those things out because you look at a squad like the Warriors who are without Clay right now. They're 9-1, and one, and they're really firing on all cylinders. So it's not like this, this West – it's just going to be a cakewalk for the Lakers and they're just going to skate through it. You know, it's going to be some, some tough battles. You got a lot of good teams, but look, they are where they are right now. They're over 500. You know, they did have a kind of a cupcake schedule to start the season and you would have hoped they would have been, you know, what, like seven and four, eight and four, whatever it is right now, eight and three, you know, after these first, this first initial run, but it is what it is when LeBron comes back again, I only want to see LeBron and AD play like 50 games this season. I don't really need, you know, first place in the West. That's cool and all that, but you know, if you look at last season as a, a seventh seed, they were, uh, you know, had the Suns were about to go out 3-1 before AD got hurt. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, it really matters what the placement is. Obviously, you want more home games. But at the end of the day, you know, the Lakers are the Lakers.
Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, yeah. So kind of switching gears off the Lakers, we'll, we'll, we'll get off your boys for right now. Um, what is your thoughts on just the landscape of the entire league? I feel like the league is in a, in a, is in a ridiculously great place right now as far as the young talent combined with, you know, these old vets still getting it. Um, you know, you got guys like how you alluded to earlier, you know, LaMelo, um, Jalen Green in Houston is doing big things. Um, Cole Anthony's doing his thing in Orlando. So even some of those guys are necessarily, necessarily, yeah, like Evan Mobley, like there's a lot of young talent. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on the landscape of the NBA as a whole? I think for me, league pass is, is lit right now. I mean, yes, sir. Yeah. Watching the Hornets. You know what I mean? Like I love, I just like watching LaMelo just to see what he's going to do. Just simple stuff. And Miles Bridges and that crew, you know, there's so many good young teams. Like you mentioned the Rockets, you know, a lot of teams that may not be, you know, you know, contenders or in contention, things like that. But just like, it reminds me like the old school thunder when they had Harden and KD and Russ and you just, you just saw like, okay, Next few years, these dudes are going to just be dominant. They're going to be, you know, that's what I'm seeing with this Hornet squad. Just, these dudes just need a couple more years to age. Because, you know, I tweeted something the other day, like, LaMelo's going to be in the GOAT combo before the pandemic ends. All the people got <laughs> mad at me. But I'm like, shit, we don't know when this pandemic's going to end. So it could, you know, that was more <laughs> a pandemic thing than LaMelo. But just to see the way guys like himself, guys across the league, like you mentioned, Jalen Green. I'm a big Josh Christopher fan, too. I'm excited to see where his career goes. Yes, sir. Just watching him mm-hmm. from high school all the way through. You know, just so many young guys, even guys like Tyler Hero, you know, to, to give some love to, to your Heat squad. Yes, just sir. a dude who kind of, who kind of, who got, you know, he got, he got, he got some slander last year, but I think he's really ready to embrace a challenge. It's tough. Miami is a spot, you know, I do a show uh, with Gilbert Arenas too. And I'm just talking about, you know, yeah. what, what cities don't you want to pull up on if you're, you know, on the road? He's <laughs> like, you know, Miami, Toronto, you know, there's spots where you're not going to get your best performance because, you know, imagine not having to live out there with how turned up it is and so much going on. But yeah. So many good squads. Obviously, Clippers, when Kawhi comes back, you know, and even still, you know, with PG, he's looking at – he's playing at a super high level. The Kings even, which is a squad that, you know, it's tough. It's a tough deal. But, you know, just looking at looking at guys and their development, I'm a big fan now of just these young guys and how they're taking over. And guys that we've got to see, you know, the Jalen Greens of the world since high school and really kind of gravitate towards that are now, now in the league doing it. You know, so I'm really super excited. Even a team like the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards, who – for my money. He's, a, he's a dog. Yo, he's, he's a, a dog. Who just like, you know, and, and a guy I think that rubbed people the wrong way when he kind of didn't say he loved basketball as much as people wanted him to. But when he goes out there and gives it his all, it's not really about that. He's a guy who loves to win. He's a competitor. He's going to yeah. go hard. And I feel like for, for, for I don't want to say casuals, for average people, a lot of us have jobs where we may not love this job with all our heart, but we're going to perform with the best of our ability because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. our prize is on the line and we're going to represent. But I like to see guys who have more interest in just one thing. And he's a dude who, you know, could do a, do a bunch of stuff. Obviously, he was a running back quarterback, I think, coming up in, in this heyday. But just yeah. a guy on the court when he's dunking on dudes, talking trash, and just obviously post-game press conferences like – he just, you know, he was talking about like uh, peanut butter the other day. And I literally for about a good minute, 30, was just watching like just amazed that just, you know, he don't eat crunchy peanut butter. I'm like, me neither, man. Me neither. So I get it. Listen, man. Yeah. Like, I, I think the thing I like about Anthony Edwards, he's so real. Like, he's just like so authentic within himself. And like, he's such a young dude. I feel like he's got so much potential, which uh, leads me to the question I got for you. I got to, I got to, I, gotta, I, know what I gotta mention. <laughs> The elephant in the room, okay? The literal elephant in the room. What do you feel, um, or how do you feel about what's happening with Zion Williamson right now? Did you just call this nigga an elephant? 
Listen, hey, he didn't he didn't gain he didn't gain that weight. All right, what? he been out there eating eating, <laughs> eating uh, that gumbo biscuits and uh, gumbo and biscuits. the jambalaya. Calvin, and, I thought you were gonna ask about Tyler Hero, and I was like, how the fuck is this? No, no, listen, listen. Tyler Hero already had Zion. I listen. I need to ask Josiah as Yo, a guy who played at, uh, played basketball at a high level. <laughs> what do you think? How how do you think Zion's career is about to go from where he is right now? You, <laughs> oh are you concerned God. about where he is right now? Uh, I, I do the show with Gil. Uh, we were on the show. Gil was like, "Yo, you know Zion's like over three hundred right now." I'm like, "What you talking about, Gil? Like he ain't. I mean, he, I know he's big, but he ain't that big." Uh, next day, reports out like, "Yo, Pelican say Zion's over three hundred. I came back to Gil, text him like, "Y'all never question you again, Chief." Like, like <laughs> you know, I'll never question you again. But I just hope that Zion can get it together because when he's on the court, he's phenomenal. The thing you worry about with a guy like that carrying that much weight around because we've never seen a human being like him. I, I like to compare him to Rodney Rogers, but just in sheer just beastliness. Not no game styles aren't really similar. But Rodney was a dude who just like defied like the laws of gravity with his beastliness and just how big he was on the court. For Zion, you just hope that these injuries don't become long-term issues, that he can get his body right. You look at, you know, early on in his career, you know, the photos versus now. And like y'all mentioned, you know, you know, New Orleans Popeyes, you know, from what I've heard is unlike any Popeyes across the country. Like it's the real deal Popeyes and the gumbo and that life is just a place. If you're trying to, to lose weight and get right, it's a, it's a hard place to be. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Utah or somewhere where, you know, the options are limited. You know what I'm saying? You get them Jordan flu games off. But uh, I hope design can get it together. I'm, I'm super optimistic. And the thing, too, is I think, you know, we're looking at a lot of body shaming and things like that. And, and it's a hard, hard deal for him to be in. You know, Zion also, you know, his fits are always very questionable. So you just hope that he can get all that together, get a stylist, get a nutritionist, really get where he needs to go. Yo. I mean, you know, it's like, damn, dog, you got you got league bread now. We got to get those fits right. But I also understand as a gentleman myself, sometimes it's hard to find that gear that you want to get that right fit. So Nah, nah, he ain't got no excuse. He get everything tailor-made to him. He be rocking Argyle, Jordan track suits and shit. Nah. The fits are trapped. But but you said a quick thing that, that I also want to talk about, too. Um, your show with Gil, like I haven't watched it, but I, I feel like I always see it on my timeline on, on Twitter and Instagram. I've seen it on TikTok a lot. Yeah, I've watched speak, it. I see it all the time. Speak a little bit to that because Gil is one of my he's just one of my favorite people. He, I think he's just he just has that personality where like he's kind of an acquired taste, but he's he, he just has such a great mind for the game. Um, so so speak to that show a little bit. What, what how'd you land that? And, and how's that going? So opportunity arose. I think they're in season three right now. They were looking for a co-host, brought me in, me and him just connecting and vibe. So Gil's, uh, you know, from L.A., played in the Valley. I played in the Valley as well. So I remember Gil's a year older than me, but I was a sophomore at Crenshaw High, and Gil came in first round of the playoffs. He went to Grant, and I want to say gave Crenshaw like 43 or something just ridiculous. But back in the day, Crenshaw was a tourist for this full-court press that literally nobody could break, and Gil was single-handedly coast-to-coast just – buckets and I'm just looking at this dude like who is this dude at this little small school in the valley but then Gil obviously I saw him at Arizona as well when I was at UCLA and I remember we played them one time and he, he had zero points in the first half uh so some of our players started woofing at him and, and you know clowning he went on to have like 32 in the second half in, in, in overtime but just like a, a bucket exhibition you know you're just looking at this dude and then just to hear the stories he's such a fascinating individual I feel like is really misunderstood 
uh, by a lot of the world. I think they've seen some situations he was in during his NBA career. But, you know, this is a dude who just loves the game, like literally the savant, the type of stuff he'll talk about and just yeah. how much he watches and consumes and digests from the game. You know, he could easily be a GM or something in that space. I don't think he has the, the, the interest in doing that type of stuff. But he loves the game. So just – and he's a guy, too, when you get other people on. Like we had CP3 on the show. We had DeMar DeRozan. We just did an episode of Master P, and they're talking about how they were at Jordan Camp on a squad together, busting MJ up, and just, you know – the things that he's done in his career, I mean, he's such a fascinating guy. Even early on in his career when he got drafted by the Warriors second round, kind of was always an underdog, but ended up literally they had to make a provision in the CBA because he signed that crazy deal with the Wizards after two years because the Warriors couldn't keep him on the books, but he ended up just outperforming his deal. So a guy that was always, you know, always looked at kind of without a lot of love, even getting the scholarship to Arizona, was never somebody who was like a first option or really appreciated for the level he was at. Yeah. But a dude who's just a straight bucket getter, you know, you talk about 60-point games and just the things he was able to accomplish. So be able to sit with him now and on the show. And it's funny, I'll be on the show, I'll just be listening to him and whoever the guests are just talk. You know, just talk yeah. about hoops, just the, the nuance of it. And really, you know, I played at a high level, but I didn't play at the NBA. So I never try to act like I'm some some all-knowing expert or whatever. And you see a lot of those type of people on the Internet, man. Those dude, they rub me the wrong way because it's like, bro, you've <laughs> never, you know, you never ran a suicide. you never done a lot of these just simple things. Had to, you know, yeah. play a back-to-back stuff that these guys have done, but have all these opinions about what they should do. So he's really humbled me in a lot of ways as well, just – you know, him talking about knee injuries and things like that. And still, you know, when he realized he didn't have it anymore, but it's like, I'm still going to get this bag though and stuff like that. But uh, just a great dude to work with. And uh, I think just a, a person that like I said is misunderstood, but if people really just sat and talk with Gil and got to know him, they would really just appreciate and respect his basketball mind. Yeah, man, Gilbert, I think his, I think his career, a lot of people look at like the tail end of his career and take that opinion. And that's the opinion they have on him, but they don't forget the, the ice cold bucket that he was, man. Like, Hooper. A Hooper. In 2000, Wizards. Crazy. And he used to do it. Bro, you saw Gilbert used to hoop in like Air Maxes and yeah. give you like. I remember he 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 played he played a game against the Lakers and some Dolce and Cabanas. <laughs> if bro, I'm not mistaken. And would give you, and would give you 30, bro. <laughs> Yo, give me. We give you 30, dog. Uh, but Josiah, last question we have for you real quick, man. We're going to touch base with you again at the end of the NBA season. But if you had to guess right now, who is your pick for the NBA Finals and at how many games? Uh, you know, it's always – it's Lakers and six. I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> against the Nets. I mean, we see the way that, that Kevin Durant is playing, and it's just a phenomenal dude. And, and just uh, – you know, I think KD took some heat, obviously, moving to the Warriors and when, when he did that and won those championships. But what he's been able to accomplish coming off of that Achilles injury, which, you know, used to be a career ender back in the yeah. day. You know, dudes had the Achilles injury back in the day. They were never the same after that. Yeah. For him to come back. And obviously, he had a little bit more extended time with the, with the, the bubble and all that stuff. But to come back doing what he was doing, playing 53 minutes in the game seven against Giannis, literally not coming out of an NBA basketball game at the <laughs> highest level and, and being a big ass foot away from, you know, being in the NBA finals yeah. and winning the championship. So curious Did to he... see, you know, hopefully Kyrie can come back too, man. I think that, that, that would be better for the league. It's a little sad now to be having to be watching these games and just yeah. not getting to see Kyrie out there on the court doing what he loves to do. So I hope he figures his stuff out, but that squad, man, it's just even, you know, going against the Bucks last year, they weren't at full strength. And shout out to the Bucks and Mike Budenholzer. My dad works for the Bucks. So I always give them love. And the Bucks, you know, ain't no punks either. They gotten, they've gotten a lot better as well. So I wouldn't put it past them either to uh, to, to make a return and, and really defend that championship. Yeah. Did KD get better <laughs> after that injury? <laughs> Honestly, I think he, so. He just, 
I think, I think he, he better. I think he figured out how to play without getting injured again. Like yeah. how to play without re-aggravating that injury. And yeah. honestly, every game that I've seen him in so far, he just looks so fluid. It's like stupid, on the court. Bro. It's stupid. Yeah. AB yeah. makes me happy for big dudes because you know KD back in the day, early 90s, they would have told his big ass to get in the paint and you play with your back to the basket. <laughs> you got to be a post. What are you doing? Why are you trying to bring the ball up the court? Coach is stopping practice to yell at him and things like that. But he's really showed a lot of these egghead coaches like, yo, you know, big hoopers can go out there and do that and, and do whatever they want if they've got the, the skills and the athleticism. AD, another guy, is like, yo, I, I love seeing big men push the ball up the court. Yeah. Bo Bo, who's one of my personal favorites, I feel like he's underappreciated. <laughs> but there's nothing better than a 73 dude handling the rock. Like, you're not tripping. Like, it's just, it's, it's an amazing thing. Right. And, and hitting threes. And, and hitting threes. Hey, my favorite one, look out for him, Scotty Barnes. He, he's he's a prototype, man, prototype. Uh, but, yo, that's Josiah Johnson, co-host of the Out of Pocket Podcast on Wave TV. And please, everybody, go check out Colin in Black and White on Netflix. We got we to gotta get Josiah to the BET Awards. Um, yes, sir. So we, so, we, so we can get that award because it's definitely deserving. <laughs> but, Josiah, uh, we're we going to touch base with you, man. We're going to holler at you at the end of the NBA season um, and see if the Nets lost the Lakers at six. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too, man. And we'll be okay. back with our breakdown of NFL Week 9. And we're back with our review of NFL Week... What the fuck was it? Week 9. Um, probably the strangest... Would y'all say it's the strangest week we've had this season? Yeah, it Fantasy, was. Yeah, Fantasy It was a lot scores, of crazy shit happening. Fantasy scores were low as shit. I won a fantasy matchup in our fantasy fuck-ups league, like 90 to 62. Shout out Josh. Put that nigga in a pack. It's in the air. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, man, very out of all my leagues, fantasy scores were low. Aaron Rodgers did not play um, in the, you know, the 4 o'clock game against the Chiefs. And you would expect the Chiefs to cover this, not only cover the spread, which they didn't, um, but to win by a lot, do that thing that they've done for the last three years, win by 20, scored. There was, there was a time where the Chiefs went X amount of games without scoring below 30 points. They can't even do that. Jordan Love looked like shit. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Josh Allen beat the shit out of the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. He might still be concussed. Uh, and the Los Angeles Rams looked like Jared Goff was still on the fucking field. No, uh, no. Can did. we talk about the fucking Buffalo Bills? Oh yeah, let's let's keep it there, man. Uh, Buffalo Lose, Bills losing to the fucking <laughs> Jaguars. They could, bro. They couldn't score more than six points. Why, yeah? You <laughs> nah, play Josh real, Allen couldn't score more than six points. Real talk. The Bills, their offense has looked very shaky Pedestrian. this year. Pedestrian. Very shaky. I, I, we got to start raising some question marks around them. Uh, they, they the AFC is wide open. It's wide open. I, I heard somebody say today that the AFC has no truly elite teams because it seems no. like well, I think it might start to separate itself now with seeing how Derrick Henry got hurt. Hurt. Um, Nick Chubb. Just well, got well, out for well, may, well, maybe not because because they was oh. just fine without Derrick Henry. <laughs> but it's they, like they every time we build, it's like when we build expectations for any team in the AFC. <laughs> It's like they still have shaky performances. Like no team has really separated themselves. We thought the Chargers were surmounting. They came right back to earth. The Chiefs can't seem to get any, you know, motivation. The Bills just lost to the Jags. The fucking niggas was moving the Bengals up in power rankings a week and a half ago. And then they 
<laughs> they lost to the Jets. I, I apologize, Wayne. I apologize. <laughs> they lost to the Jets, and then they got they got punched in the mouth. And they're showing us that while Jamar Chase was a fantastic draft choice, offensive rookie of the year in the bag, they still did not correctly address their offensive line because Joe Burrow back there running for his fucking life. The Browns, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck they are. Like, you know, are they good? Are they bad? It's like, are there any real elite teams? And I can't crown the Titans anything yet because I I, I got to see a couple more games of, of that performance. And I also, I'm really, I'm like being pulled in this direction. I can't crown a team with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback, as an elite team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like now if they rattle off like three more wins in a row or something like that, then okay. We we can talk. We but I don't know. I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I, and then I, and then we ain't even mentioned Kyle's second team got smoked by Teddy B. <laughs> hey, that's not my second team, though. That's your second I, team. Just, listen, dog. listen, the Cowboys just should be better than what they are right now. Like, Bro, they just they, sure. they, they shouldn't they shouldn't have lost that team. That the game. NFC East consistently does the Cowboys a favor, and they just can't. There's that was inexcusable. I, I'm I'm usually a Dak apologizer, and I can be a Cowboys apologizer when it comes to Yay. Sometimes I feel like he's a little too hard on them, but I can't. That was indefensible. That was Dave. No Von, no Von Miller. No Von Miller. And, and the Broncos put on the best defensive performance. Uh, probably hey, listen, Broncos. I had to. Browns. I had to wait until I saw Von Miller on the sideline to realize he wasn't in there because I'm like, wait, what the hell is going on? Like, bro. And I'm like, Aaron Donald was doing his thing, but they. Bro, yeah. it's there. There's no. So we say there's no elite teams in the AFC. Are there elite teams in the NFC? And who are they? We got to say the Cardinals because they played without Kyler I, and and D Hop. I don't think I, I don't think they're an elite team though, bro. Why not? I don't think. <clears throat> well, one history tells us small, dual threat running back. I mean, quarterbacks phase out later on in the season. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, I'm still thinking that Thursday night. Your defense letting Aaron Rodgers with no receivers with Randall Cobb. Randall <laughs> Cobb was his only receiver, and y'all lose that ball game. Bro. So I'm still looking at I'm still looking at that. I don't know if they're an elite team. I think that, you know, they're I think they're in that conversation for, you know, I think they're definitely a contender. I think you can put them in that respect, but elite team. I'm not, I don't know if there's any I, elite team. I think I think the only one that I can still stand by are the Bucks. And I and I say that because listen, the you you know how the Bucks play. They always lose one of them dumbass games to the Saints every year. They do whether they they win the Super Bowl or not. And so I think I think the Bucks still have a solid roster. Hopefully, AB gets back soon. Gronk I know Mike too. Evans is healthy now, uh, and Gronk comes back healthy too. But I'm not worried about the Bucks. I'll say that if there's one team in the NFC that I'm not worried about. Is Tampa Bay. Only they, reason only reason I'd say I'd be worried about the Bucks is I feel like their defense is not as advertised before they're, they're set no it, it, they're secondary they're secondary is, is bro. It, I mean they're they're hurt everywhere and we can't but their we secondary can't, is bad. We can't be relying on Richard Sherman at this point in his career, bro. We just Who can can't. only play zone, mind you. Like when it comes yeah, to the offense, man. when it comes to the offense, everything, you know, and when these guys get back healthy, we're good. But the defense just gives me cause to pause. Now I will say the Bucks division has done them has kind of killed themselves off on their own when you think about the Panthers just imploding um the Falcons they they had to to they're in a rebuild they had to perform a fucking 2016 Patriots comeback on the Saints with Trevor Simeon 
as their quarterback. And then let's talk about the Saints. Trevor Simeon is their quarterback, you know, and they have Michael Thomas is officially out for the year. Um, he says that there was a setback in his uh, rehab. So Marquez, I think, which I think is bullshit. He saw Trevor he Simeon play. He just don't want to play. Yeah. I am not doing this. Yeah. I'll wait so to the offseason. Marquez Callaway, <laughs> um, I think I think Alvin Kamara's like productivity ceiling is a little lower, not because he's regressed, but because of who's behind center. They just, you know, they it, it might be one of my load up the fantasy, box, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. I think the Bucks they'll definitely cruise into that second seed at the very least, in my opinion, in the NFC. Um, yeah, despite a- despite despite their performance on Sunday night, yeah, it was Sunday night, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so it was Sunday Bucks, night. It was the Bucks, um, the Bucks no, 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 you're talking about the Rams. You're talking about the Rams. Oh, the I'm Rams. talking about the Rams. I think the Rams are still the team to beat. Um, I think what they the performance they put on was I think it was an anomaly. Once yeah. they get Von Miller in the fold, I think they're gonna get rolling. Um, and I think the Titans were just playing with kind of a lot of energy, had a really good game plan um, on how to on, on stopping the, the Rams offense. But I think I think they're still the team to beat in the NFL. What were you about to say, Kyle? So it, I'm not going to say uh, I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit from the mm-hmm. team to beat, but a team that is possibly going to take that bill spot again is the fucking Patriots. And the reason why oh, I say that you lost me. They're listen, they're getting some grinded out games right now. The coaching is better. Their offense is eh, but they're literally two and one in the division. They're right behind the Bills at five and four. I'm just saying, don't don't be it's not far fetched. If the I Bills a, keep on this trajectory, I got a question. The Patriots for you. might win. Absolutely. Do you Absolutely. feel like and this is either for either one of you? Do you feel like the Patriots coaching, their culture, their great defense is masking the deficiencies that Mac Jones has. For 100%. sure. And yeah. how- he, he's, Mac Jones is trash. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't say trash, but he's exactly. not a good he's, quarterback. He's, he's not. But the thing is, he's, a, he's the best. He's the best rookie QB right now. Like, Man, bro, ain't no other rookie QB but, playing but better Cal, than that. And that's, that's, and much. that's not saying much, bro. I know. This rookie QB I know. Class, it's crazy. We went from a fantastic rookie QB class last year, led by Jay Herbo, Joe Burrow, before he got hurt. And now we're dealing with some fucking herbs, my nigga. Um, and I, I well, think... And, Go ahead. I was going to say one of the reasons why I think that they could potentially do that is because of their schedule. And when I and if you look at their schedule, like right now, they got Cleveland coming up next. You never know what you're going to get from Cleveland. Right? Well, that's going to be that, that's going to be a win Patriots for sure. Right. And then after that, they got a Thursday night game against the fucking Falcons. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, the Falcons, they they might score three points. Max. Well, I would like, say, no, you can't don't, really, don't you say that. You can't, really you, judge say Thursday, that. you can't really judge Thursday night games like that, though, because because they always go differently. It's a, yeah. it's a short week. You don't know what you know, what I'm saying what teams will be looking like. And I believe that previous week, I don't know who the Falcons play. Uh, did the Falcons play that previous that previous week? Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Never mind. They play the Cowboys in Jerry's world, so that might be the Falcons might be a little beat up. Not saying. And so much. after that, beat after up. That, look, not beat up. Got- but what I'm saying is like it's gonna be a a, a harder game for the, into a short week. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying the Cowboys are like a formidable opponent. I mean, they are. are they- I think oh. what I'm saying, why yeah, is I think they'll win those two games, and then after that, they got the Titans, <laughs> which could go either way, and then they got the Bills. I think they might take an L to the Bills. And then, but after that, they go on their bye week. They come back and they got the Colts, Bills, Damn, Jaguars, and Dolphins. Far shit, nigga. It <laughs> they is, bye week. Is. But I'll be honestly, Cal, that stretch right there, 
with the, that the Patriots have could still be a very dangerous stretch if we're talking Browns. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they could either end the season with a like that, a three game win streak, and or then Colts. The Colts are not a bad team, you know what I'm saying? So in we're in the next six weeks, they have Browns, Falcons, Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills. They could easily go one and five in that stretch. I like I like the Bills stretch a little. They they won't because. Bill Belichick ain't letting that fly. I think they probably go three and three. Mm-hmm. But I like the Bills stretch a little bit better. The Bills got the Jets this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then they then they got Sounds the Colts. Game. Mm-hmm. Then they got the Colts. Then they go to New Orleans for a primetime game, a uh, Thursday night game. Which ain't the same no more. Ain't the same. Then they got the Patriots. Um, then they got the Buccaneers at Tampa. Ooh. Which is gonna be a, a shootout. That's gonna be a then they got the they, then they got the Panthers. You already know what time that is. <laughs> we know what time that is. <laughs> we know what time Pan- that is. <laughs> you know what time that is. And then they got the then they got the um then the they Patriots. got the Patriots again. Then they got the Falcons and they end the season with the Jets. So I think their schedule is a lot easier. It's a lot more favorable. But uh, their offense hasn't looked as good. So I, I you have a compelling argument. I just yeah. I don't and, and I'm not Mac, saying I want it to Jones, happen, but I think it could happen. They're gonna, in order for that to happen, they're gonna need Mac Jones to be better, play better than what he's been playing. And I don't think he's gonna do that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think Mac Jones is dirt personally. Um Sheesh. <laughs> I think he stinks, but hey, um that, that system allows for a quarterback of his talent, if you will to thrive or semi and, and their de- and their defense is is crazy good you know they're, well not crazy good. good but their defense is always going to be good with bill belichick and then you know damian harris out the backfield like the patriots yeah. are just always going to find ways to win so, so i have a question for y'all it was good and i don't know if you're going to ask this Trey or not mm-hmm. who's your who's your midseason in uh in the bro you're you're wild i swear to god i was about to ask that so I think it's definitely time that we drop like our probably tomorrow or the next day. We're going to drop like our midseason awards because it is the middle of the season. But let's do MVP right now. Midseason MVP. This is hard because. Oh, man. I'm going. I'm going Brady. I'm going Lamar Jackson. Why Brady? Nobody's playing a position better than him right now okay. and i think that i i think that you know also narrative um what he's doing in year four what he's doing in in at age 44 yeah. um i believe he has i believe he has like 21 touchdowns and three interceptions um go, go ahead go ahead and fact check that for me i got you it's or maybe it might be a little bit more than three interceptions. Go go ahead and look it up. Right now there. he's sitting at uh eight games. They're six and two, sixty-seven percent completion, twenty-six fifty yards, twenty-five touchdowns, five interceptions. Yeah, that and twenty-five touchdowns, I know is leading the league. Um a twenty uh, a one to what is that, a one to or a five to one interception. Five to one interception, interception TD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there, there, there's nobody playing a position better. I like the Lamar pick because Lamar is He's not necessarily playing the quarterback position better, but he's getting he, he's finding ways to win. Getting it done. Um, but I but but I still I, I I got I still think Tom Brady and, and Lamar in a close second, though. I would say I want to I think Lamar's second as well. I think I'd pass it to Brady only because, like Ye said, at the end of the day, we know these voters are going to vote based off of narrative. And Brady, 
<clears throat> there's no way in hell he should be doing this at age 44. 25 touchdowns, five interceptions. It does not look – I think it would be easy to say, like, the offense is carrying him, but they're not. He looks like a leader out there. He looks like – he looks healthy. He looks good. Um, only thing that brings me cause to pause with Lamar is the turnovers. Um, he has 13 touchdowns to, I want to say, 12 total turnovers, five fumbles, uh, seven interceptions. Um, and I know he has rushing touchdowns as well. Um, how many does he have? I think so, he, yeah, has, he, he only has, he has two, but he, he has, has 600 two. rushing yards, though. Yeah, so 15 tu- fifteen touchdowns, 12 total turnovers. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, that would be one of my calls to pause. I also – I think some of their wins are a little shaky, just a little bit. Oh, oh, which ones? Hey. That that Lions win, Cal. That Chiefs <laughs> win. Y'all escaped out of nah, there. The Chiefs, no, the Chiefs was a solid win, bro. No, we, y'all, but no, 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 no. The Chiefs were about to just kneal the ball, nigga. Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumbled. Listen, that it. That's on them. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm like, saying. My boy Lamar. My boy Lamar actually <laughs> but, made it back. You know, he made it come back. Come on, yeah, coming? but I, I will say that that game was won because of the defense, though. And you got the defense and special teams because of the block. Nah, no, nah, no, re, no. But remember, <laughs> Lamar had to score three straight scores. We were down like yeah. 24 but to e- like seven. But even then, the game was still out of reach until Claude fumbled. You know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is – No, 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 no. We were – Dre, remember, we were up. We were up. They were down. They were trying to come and kick the field goal in the game. Listen, he he also had two picks in that game. Hey, <laughs> listen, hey, but he he showed up. He showed up. He did. He did. The pick six. Hey, I, it, it just it first, just first I play think, of the game. I think I, I think just some of the wins are a little just a time just a smidgen suspect. Uh, the I don't think it should have taken that much to beat Minnesota at home. Um, that's and then and then and then hey hey listen. That that Bengals game still stinks. That it, it's still game. it's still it's it still stings, it's still lingering. It stings and it stinks. <laughs> and Lamar was ass in that game. If we're being yeah, honest, that was fifteen to thirty-one. Just, uh, one touchdown. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he was. Hey, listen. He was hey, listen. Butt in that game. Hey, Dre, and them boys was finna lose to Kirk Cousins in them yeah, <laughs> this man. past Sunday you too. Know what I'm saying, and but so, he's yeah. getting he's getting. He's there's, getting it done though. It's, yeah, there's, he's there's, close second. There's there are some there are some good wins, but at, and at the same time, I will give Lamar credit that they're not in a lot of these games without him. He's making it happen. He's being magical. You know what I'm saying? And if the Ravens are, if they do, you know, fin, what are y'all now? Six and two, five and two. What are y'all? We are six and two. Six and two. If they end up, then we got Miami Thursday. If, if they end up twelve and five, thirteen and four, eleven and six, or whatever, I'm willing to admit that Lamar is doing more with less. If the Buccaneers were to end with a comparable or similar or the same record, I would say that. So it's definitely going to be an interesting conversation. It probably don't mean shit because Matthew Stafford was the MVP two weeks ago. Kyler Murray was the MVP two weeks for that, and two weeks for that, Justin Herbert was like number three. So. It don't mean shit, really. But I think I think Jay Herbro could still stay in there if he gets more consistent. We just have to keep in this winning. last stretch. We just have to keep winning, which I don't know what's gonna happen because we listen. Y'all know more about like football intricacies than I do. Why do we have the worst rushing defense in the fucking league? My homie who works in New York Times, Emmanuel Morgan, shout out. Um, he says that it's because we do not stack the box enough. I yeah, know. I think y'all are. Y'all are worried too much about the passing and yet, game. And, and yeah, you, you y'all you are leaving the, the holes wide yeah, open. We we played each other on Sunday, Eagles and uh Chargers. Why were y'all able to do whatever the fuck y'all wanted to on the ground? 
one, I, I don't like saying this, but <laughs> the linebackers is kind of soft. Um, they, they, they was a little soft. Uh, outside of Kenneth Murray, I love Kenneth Murray. He's a, he's a dog. Uh, I believe that's his name, right? Yeah, Ken, yeah. I know his last name is Murray, but yeah. Kenneth Murray, yeah. Um, he's a dog, but uh, um, White Boy Tranquil. Frank, tranquil. Um, and somebody, I can't remember the other name, but they, they're a little soft. And I think um, when they, you know, when obviously people are running in between them tackles and that guard is pulling, they're not able to take on that tackle or take, take on that guard um, and obviously finish and make the tackle. They're not able to do that. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. You know, as far as what we did on Sunday, you know, a lot of it was Jalen Hurts, you know, scrambling out the pocket, um, you know, that, and that's what he does. That's what he does best. Um, get out the pocket, make plays outside the pocket, stuff like that. Um, but I, I think that linebackers are just too soft right now. And there's no interior linemen to set the tone. Um, and they're getting pushed back about two, three yards every single play. And, you know, so that's two, three yards right there. Like and then the running, running back, running back, lower their shoulder. That's five yards right there, just just, just off GP. Um, so they definitely got it. They definitely got to fix that. It won't happen this year, um, but it's something that they're gonna have to fix it in, in the offseason. Because it's like now I'm looking at our schedule and it's like I like we played the Vikings this week at home and I'm like, oh, we should beat the Vikings. But then I look at they have Dalvin Cook and I'm like, fuck. That can fuck us up, you know, in terms of like teams are just going to run the ball on us. We play the Steelers next week. Najee Harris, they're just going to run the fucking ball on us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but both of those teams, their quarterback sucks. So, <laughs> you know, and when your quarterback sucks, not not when he's not good, when he sucks, <laughs> you still have a chance. And Big Ben, hey. y'all watch that Monday night. I Big watched ben it. Is I had fifty dollars on the Steelers, and I was shitting bricks in the fourth fucking <laughs> quarter, nigga. Big Ben Cooks. is shot. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt sucks just because there's no reason he shouldn't be giving you two fifty, two tuds every single game. No questions asked. There's no, there's no reason you got weapons. Kurt easily has a top six or seven wide receiver core in Jefferson and Thielen, bro. Yes, like they're <laughs> he has two top 12 receivers. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason he doesn't give him the ball and it's doesn't yeah, give him the ball. So, the fact he that does he not, can't, bro, Thielen got a so fry. The, the fact that you're throwing for 150. And 170 yards a game shows me you you trash. Any that, that just shows me you trash. You know, crazy, so I think they have a chance. Crazy stat on Sunday: Lamar had more passing yards than Kirk and more rushing yards than Dalvin. That should yeah. never happen when you have and and Kirk's weapons. I would argue are three times as good as Lamar's weapons. Yes, they are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, ain't nobody old. We don't even have, bro, we don't even have a legit starting running back. We have the replacements, <laughs> nigga. We got Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. These Latavius Murray a, is hurt. Like, we These niggas went into nigga a right time now. capsule to get their running backs, my nigga. They went back to 2016, the grad running backs, bro. Like, what the fuck? So, yeah, Shit Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, you give me faith. Fuck the Vikings. Pina, if you're listening to this, fuck Skull, nigga. All my niggas hate skull. My niggas suck. But um, last but not least, man, let's do a quick little NFL pick them uh, going into week 10. I pray that our fantasy weeks go But What did y'all go in fantasy this week? What was y'all's record? Oof. <laughs> it was rough. I had, I had a rough one. I, I think I rough. lost all but all but like two. And I, you I, know, beat, I, got like I six, beat Cal. Leagues. I beat Cal and loser dies. Okay. Really, really only because I started Elijah Moore. Once I saw that Jameson Crowder wasn't start was or not Jameson Crowder. Once I saw Corey Davis was out, I said, "Yeah, let me go ahead and get Elijah Moore going." He got me twenty seven. I beat Cal. You smoked me. 
in the in the what's in the, in the NFL league because uh James Conner and Nick Chubb both give you forty balls. Yeah. And then I got yeah I got I got smoke I, I didn't get smoked but I got beat pretty handily in the fantasy fuckups. I, I had a rough week. <laughs> hey, that and one of the uh, well I, I went I think I went I went like three I think I went three and four. Yeah, I went four and zero oh for the first time this season. That tells you a lot about my season. I hey, lit. I've been getting fucked up all season, bro. In the listen, in the league that matters, the hundred dollar league, that's the one I'm I'm doing I'm doing great in right now. <laughs> you talking about fantasy fuck up? Uh yeah, I'm doing I'm yeah. doing pretty good in there. How your dynasty league looking, man? Oh nigga, uh so <laughs> I and I'm be very transparent. I am two and seven and I am <laughs> oh and eight and one. Um hold on, I'm about to show y'all this shit, bro, because this shit's ridiculous. Uh, I'm oh and nine. I'm right there. The Nigga, why are you owing night, bro? Everybody on my team got COVID or got hurt. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then people are just not performing. Nigga, I had OBJ on his team. I had Jameis Winston on his team. I had Raheem Mostert. I got oh, Antonio Brown. Thank you for saying like, that. Yeah. Um, OBJ. Have we talked about Aaron Rodgers on this show? Really? I don't think we have. I don't really care. Nah. To- Talk about him. Quick question. Um, I'm part of the Aaron Rodgers kind of a bitch club. Um, I don't know if y'all. Listen, I don't know if y'all listen to the Pat McAfee. Show. I didn't really think he was a bitch until I heard him on the Pat McAfee show. Um, he was talking about how he was allergic to like the two vaccines, and he got his information from Joe Rogan. He got his advice from Joe Rogan. So he should have yeah, got like me. Got that J and J on him. But uh, <laughs> no, fuck Aaron Rodgers. We don't need to give him publicity. Um, OBJ. Yay. Uh, we're dropping our uh, OBJ uh, destinations wish list uh, as per you. You have Packers, Seahawks, Rams, Ravens, Niners. Uh, what 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 was your reasoning behind these picks? Um, well, from the reports say that he wants to go to a winning team, <laughs> a contender that. specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so obviously those first four teams are all in that all in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Bay, I think would be a great option for him. You know, you get to play with Aaron Rodgers, though. He's an arrogant asshole. <laughs> motherfucker can throw the football yeah. and he can, he can get your numbers right. Um, and it would be a nightmare. They would, they would sing. They would, if they get OBJ and I know some people have mixed feelings about OBJ. I love OBJ. I, I love him. He's still a top. I think given the right situation, he's a top five guy in this league. No question about it. Still to this day. Um, so I think he would want to go there to prove that. Um, two, I had Seattle. I think <coughs> with Russ coming back, yeah, Russ coming back, Russ coming back this Sunday. This week, um, and you know he's he's very you know I think you know Russ is is a great quarterback he's for back him. This Sunday, mm-hmm. yes, his sir. Doc, his doctor. It's clearly. already been that many. What? Yeah, he's coming back this Sunday. He ain't it's never been, been hurt. So mm. it's it's been it's it's been about three weeks. We we've been watching Geno three, Smith for about three, three weeks, four weeks bro. <laughs> and oh, Chris Carson man. should be back as well for any of my Chris yeah. Carson so fantasy owners, plug plug him in, lock it, DK and OBJ. Come on, and then um number three, I had the Rams. Yeah, you did. Why? Why? Why would they not? Why not? <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> they get everybody else. It's like, <laughs> why would they not? Um, the, to to add to that already formidable, formidable uh, receiving core with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and then um, or you have the Ravens. Well, so the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They, they they need a, they need a receiver like that. Um, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he fits their culture. Um, OBJ kind of gives me more he, he don't he don't give me that he would fit in with Baltimore he, he doesn't I don't, I don't think he, I don't know I don't know if he would fit but I know he would be a good piece if we had him 
A hundred percent. But, football but I think I think now why now I understand why you were saying we should have went and got Allen Robinson because Allen yeah. Robinson is a guy who would have been able to come without the ego and just like listen, play ball. Allen Robinson was putting up numbers with Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. That that he 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 can get it. He can get it done. And yeah, like I think you know he's not a guy who needs a bunch of targets or anything like that. And that's clearly what OBJ is more so looking for. I think he's looking to get those numbers up, getting a winning culture to kind of hit free agency and get it, get another, you know, mm-hmm. semi big deal. You're not really going to get that in Baltimore. Um, and then San Fran, Kyle Shanahan, great offensive mind. Um, you know, Trey Lance is probably gonna, is going to be obviously their quarterback of the future. And, you know, I think he can make some shake. Yeah. Um, do you think Kyle Shanahan's seat is more? Nah. You good? Okay. They're all, I, it's not a fair sh- situation right now, I would say. It, it's, it's not. I think I think it's gonna get more. I mean, you know, let's see how this season plays out. You know, they're three. It's sitting at three and five. You know, you go, you know, under five hundred for the season. It may it may start to get warm. Um, but I think everyone understand. People who understand football and know football know that he's a great football mind. Um, I think next year they'll be starting Trey Lance. Um, you know, get a little spark to the offense, which I think they should do now and not wait. But they probably will. And mm-hmm. you know, they've battled a lot of injuries over the years and stuff too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Let's get to NFL Pick'em, uh, like we were going to do. Uh, first game, oh, the games is kind of ass. Um, let's do Eagles and Broncos in Denver. <laughs> hey, we getting that dub, baby. We getting the dub. We not going to be like the Cowboys. We almost <laughs> got the dub. We almost got the dub on Sunday. Had some, just had, had some lapses at the end. I think we get it done in Denver in a close one. I'll go with the Eagles. I'll go with the Eagles. I don't think Denver is capable. I think that was a... Stroke of lightning, dropping the bucket. I, 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 yeah. I'm, not, I'm not buying too much into that Denver win. Uh, Seahawks in Lambeau to play the Packers. That's a good one. Four o'clock. They say, they say what's in it? it? It all depends on Aaron Rodgers because Jordan yeah. Love sucks. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be out again. They said he could come back. Apparently he should be. He, apparently he's supposed to be cleared on Saturday. There was some tweets flying around today of pictures of what might have been him going out to get coffee, which is breaking his quarantine. So I don't know what that's going to look like. And it looked Come like on. it looked kind of like you know he had a mask. I got the Seahawks, man. He I got Seahawks. Up, but if Russ is back, he's going to galvanize that locker room. I'm going to go Seahawks. Yeah, I'm. I'm... It, it all depends on Rodgers' plan, but I, I'm, I'm going to go Seahawks unless Rodgers suits up. If Rodgers suits up, I'll, I'll, I'll think about changing my pick. Um, let's do – shit, these games are ass. Saints and Titans. Think Titans do it again? I think the Titans. Where's the game at? Games in Tennessee. I'll go Tennessee. I'm going to go Saints. I'm going to go Saints too. Okay. I'm going to go right. Saints, too. I think that defense <laughs> is going to get right. I, I got Saints and, and an ugly one. Two more uh, Sunday night game. We got Chiefs at the Raiders. I'm going Raiders. I'm going Raiders, too. I'm going Raiders, Raiders baby. Sorry, sorry, Corey. Yeah. Sorry, Corey. I'm yeah, going nah, Raiders, Raiders for the simple fact that the Chiefs have two of the smelliest wins in a row. That went yeah. against the Giants, and there's no reason they should have smacked the fucking Packers upside the head with Jordan yeah. Love. I'm going Raiders because yeah. the Raiders, I hate them, division rivals, but they ain't no fucking scrubs. You know what I'm saying? And the Chiefs, I don't know if they can contain Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake out the backfield, and I don't know if they linebackers got answers for Darren Waller. Me, I got, 
I got the Raiders, and Deshaun Jackson is going to catch a big touchdown. Facts. And in his debut. I think Hunter Winfro going to give us some white-on-white crime on Daniel Sorensen. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, that boy Hunter Winfro is a dog. <laughs> he is. Great route runner. And Sorensen is not. That nigga He stinks. sucks. That nigga stinks. Last but <laughs> not least. <laughs> That man, yeah. nah, that touchdown he gave up against the Packers. He was like, <laughs> he went. Uh, I was like, how do you not finish that? We're going to the next one. Last we, we one, waste no time on Sunday night matchup, NFC West. Damn, the Rams get two primetime games in a row. God damn, NFL. <laughs> tell us how you feel. We got the Rams <laughs> in San Francisco. Oh, Rams in a blowout. Rams, yeah, Von, Mil- Von Miller, Von Miller, two sacks. I thought he was gonna get two sacks last week. He didn't suit up. He getting two this week. Hey, I got the I got the Rams by twenty. I feel like that yeah. defense about to show, go crazy. Show me the spread. Go crazy. Go. And Leonard Floyd still gonna be out there. Like, and they're going and they're go gonna crazy. be and they're gonna be motivated after that. After what just mm-hmm. happened to him on Sunday, Aaron Donald yeah. in practice swinging at knives right now with his bare hands. I'm telling you, 100 percent, no you. shirt on. <laughs> but <Nope>. yo, <laughs> that's the race by sports podcast, man. Y'all remember to go check out Colin in Black and White by our good friend Josiah Johnson. Um, check us out. Hey, 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 TikTok. What's up? Real quick. Also, shout out to my Sixers, number one in the East. Fuck Ben Simmons. We here, baby. Uh, Doc Rivers, coach of the year. I, hey, we, I would hey. say the most impressive thing about that is the fact that y'all are doing this with nobody on the fucking court. Like, y'all can't. Y'all starting lineup has probably done changed 20 times this season already. Yeah, COVID going crazy. And Philly, Tobias, man. COVID protocols. Steph, Seth Curry has a contusion in his foot. Um, Matisse was out last night. Motherfucking yeah. um, Ben is being a bitch. Like, hey. <laughs> shit. Uh, but yeah, man, that's our podcast, man. Y'all check us out next week. We'll holler at you.